playing. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Sarah Becker. I'm Trevor Flynn. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This is episode 34. Today we will be reviewing Shin Godzilla. I know, we're almost to 35. And then 40, and then 50, and then 100 episodes. We're practically there! It's like the numbers go up consecutively as we do more. I know, it's like magical. Let Don't lie, don't lie to me, Trevor. We've had this conversation in the past. You and me did a previous podcast where we got to episode four and then quit. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, let's be true. honest, we didn't expect to get past like three or four. So this is exciting. This is yes. exciting for me. Pretty much every time we hit another like double digit number, like 40 or 50, I'm going to freak out a little bit. So that's just what's in your future. <laughs> well... Hello, everyone, and welcome, and thanks for showing up. We're going to be taking a look at the uh, limited run of, Go- of Shin Godzilla, or Godzilla Resurgence, in this company, uh, in the, well, in America. It just recently came out, but it's been out in Jap- Japan for a while. It's, uh, I think it's been doing pretty well there. Has not been doing pretty well here, and uh, I think that's because there's enough uh, social-cultural differences that we're not going to root openly for bureaucrats. That's my take on that. But uh, <laughs> it's definitely a pretty weird-ass movie. Um, Trevor, did you want to go ahead and give me a little bit of a summary? Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, this is, like we said, a reboot. uh, That's the name. Um, So there's just, you know, no one has seen Godzilla yet. Nobody knows what it is. There's just a bunch of boiling water in Tokyo Bay, and all the bureaucrats get together and start having meetings about what to do about it. And before they can decide on anything, uh, this, like, amphibious creature who... Looks like it might eventually become Godzilla, but at first... It was really weird, ...is very lackluster. Um, Oh, do you not like it? I I was so shocked that it wasn't Godzilla that I kind of liked it, honestly. Yeah, no, I I did. I kind of, I don't know. It was was weird. Like, Sarah's reaction was, like, influenced my reaction, but... um, the eyes. Yeah, no, I liked the fish eyes. It made it, like, inhuman, kind of. Yeah, But uh, anyway, so uh, it um, just basically goes on a rampage through Tokyo before anyone can decide what to do about it. It. Eventually, the Japanese decide to mobilize the self-defense force for the first time ever, which takes a lot of uh, paperwork that, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, the, and um, a political decision the prime minister is hesitant to make, and uh, a lot of board me- me- meetings from there. Um, <laughs> when that doesn't work, they call in the U.S. The U.S. actually goes so far as to uh, threaten to, well, at, with the, at the behest of the U.N., drop a the third thermonuclear weapon on J- Japanese soil to defeat Godzilla. But Yaguchi, the uh, aide to the prime minister, am I getting that right? Um, puts yeah. together a band of misfits, unfettered by bureaucratic tape, who use like science and engineering to, uh, to save the day and come up with a plan to subdue Godzilla without totally destroying him, paving the way for sequels. So it's... Pretty much. I, I, did I leave anything out? I think that's bad. No, I think that's a that's a pretty good summation. Um, clearly, when you crack down on the actual amount of board meeting time, it's a pretty short movie. 
I mean, that's the, that's the thing that like I think that we need to say up front. The weirdness of this movie is that you know I think it's I think looking at the American version that just came out and this version where it's so much more built up around a different sense. It doesn't really care about the action so much. The action is there, but very distinctly cut down. And that's a lot of people complained mm-hmm. about like Godzilla not being in the other movie, but they filled it with you know the film the human sequences are still filled in with like con- kind of like a destruction action. Whereas like that Godzilla, the one with um, the one again. I keep calling it the American Godzilla. It's not the terrible one with Matthew Broderick, um, which actually has a, uh, a place in my heart. Um, yeah, no, that was my first Godzilla. Exactly. Well, even I if it's saw several times in theaters. Yeah. And it has even John Renault in it. So that's something. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> the French guy, <laughs> literally, he was called the, the only, French guy. the only French guy that has any uh, American market penetration. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I could compare this and the uh, recent uh, American Godzilla that came out a few, that was a few years ago. That was just simply right. titled Godzilla. Also something of a reboot you know all day and had like ken watanabe and brian cranston was the star power that died off in the first act and was incredibly frustrating we're left Huge with this kid loss. that we're like this is the guy that we're relating to for the rest of the movie well and his I, think, family? I think that's like, the thing I is care. i think that that movie like the biggest thing for me is like why wouldn't brian cranston go on to have a great career in cinema after that move after uh breaking bad and we were all like yeah this is great this is a stepping right. stone now he'll yeah. be in cinema and then he was in for like a minute and yeah. then he hasn't been in anything else and i'm like i mean he might have been in something else i don't know what his recent stuff so is but yeah also disappointing was the fact that I mean uh, yeah you didn't see Godzilla up until the end and then it's worth it when he shows up kind of because you get to, I just still remember like squealing when he, he breathed fi- his radioactive fire oh that was movie. so cool that and, was and so equally cool. cool in this movie but I, I, yeah. I think and I think the difference is that this one is going back to the original Godzilla and really playing off you know the culture and the context of that that's more like a monster mm-hmm. movie and it's about monsters this is about the original Godzilla which was kind of a metaphor about nuclear weapons and nuclear well, they power have that. The issue. They, they tried to do that in the American too but it was just it came off very it's, yeah it's not a it's not a movement here anymore dude it's, it's decidedly like more uh, played to in depth in, in this in this film yeah, certainly. yeah because the, it's the most of probably a lot of Godzilla movies honestly like oh, there aren't a whole lot of them that actually go into the politics of it and everything of nuclear energy like this i guess you could I, say it does i mean i think the thing is is other than the the groundbreaking nature of the original godzilla i would still say yeah. this is a better movie than that which is i think the strong no i, I i'm not going to recommend it it's just like there's a very specific individual that's going to like this movie because it is so outside and the that norm. individual is me <laughs> No, I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I like this movie, Trevor. I mean, it's going to be shockingly above average um, when, when I actually make when you make me sit down and score it. But I'm still like going to say like, but no, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't no, I know. you shouldn't see it if you don't like board meetings. <laughs> That's the thing too is uh, it's my it's my favorite Godzilla movie about uh, about politics. Uh, that's that's how I described it at the time. I did enjoy watching it at the time, but I've already already kind of forgotten about it. I mean, it's just incredibly specific the political climate of Japan. That's the thing. So it doesn't really work well unless you know a little bit about that. And I don't even claim to be an expert. So honestly, the view of the pin of the movie kind of even confused me a little bit, but right. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I think I th- it was kind of confusing too. And I wonder like how much is Anno like, and that's the thing is like when you read Dante's Inferno, sometimes like it's hard to like tell, you know, some of his points because some of it's just like literally poking fun at people that were living at the time. Because that's the whole reason Dante said that you could be in hell, even if your body was still on earth is so that he could literally take living individuals and mock them. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, it's a great bit, but the point is, it's like, you know, sometimes like, you know, you're, you know, people are interpreting, 
interpreting bits of Dante's Inferno. It's like, no, he just wanted to stab this particular guy in the eye and say he was in hell already. He mm-hmm. was so bad. Like, yeah. and that's one of the questions I'm having is like, you know, without knowing the cultural context, a lot of times, a lot of this movie, I think some of the subtlety and maybe the good things that are happening in it is going to be entirely lost on an American audience. And even a Japanese culture plugged in guy, and I, I'm not saying that we're like super Japanese culture aficionados. I mean, clearly this is the cast of Animania right here. Like we have an anime podcast I would consider. Yeah, we worked to go see this movie. We, we no, did. it was a, it we was. We drove to Arlington. We, we got ramen and we made a night of it because yeah, we had to. I was never so jealous of the fact that I didn't live near you guys when you like sent me pictures of you guys eating ramen and going to Shin Godzilla. <laughs> I was so jealous, like so jealous, and I was. It was a pretty good night. I won't lie. <sighs> this from the man who texted us copies of his Hamilton tickets right yeah. before. I know. I went to see show. Hamilton. Yes. I'm just gonna rub that in. You have no eye. room to talk. <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm never going to let that go. I'm gonna be like, oh, I, you know, I cured cancer. Well, I saw Hamilton. <laughs> 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 Bitches. <laughs> Yeah, should we? I feel like we haven't really gotten to uh, Hideki Anno much. Uh, should no, no, we give a little context well, for what I we expected of this movie, just a, with his name get, on it? Hey, let's get there first. But let me go ahead and and just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just move on to Anno. I don't really even remember what the fuck I was saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hideki Anno obviously is the creator of uh, Evangelion, which or and also the Evangelion rebuild movies, um, the original series as well as End of Evangelion, which is again a landmark in Japanese animation. Um, He's really kind of, to me, the father of modern Japanese animation a little bit. I mean, he hasn't really revolutionized the thing. He just created shows um, which, you know, again, if you actually go watch the original Evangelion, he ran out of money to create that show. Um, but it's it, it's an excellent anime, and it kind of, it's just, even to this day, it's kind of like one of those timeless classics within the genre. And so I highly respect him from that perspective. Though a little bit less now, having seen this movie, how did you feel about it, Trevor? I mean, I, I enjoyed it for that reason, that it just felt like a kind of long episode of Evangelion with Godzilla as one of the monsters. Yeah. Didn't you tell me at one point during the film there was music from Evangelion? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that definitely was. The the rewritten for, I think, straight from the the rebuild movies uh, track of just one of the, I think, decisive battle is the one that they play whenever they're like, you know, figuring out how they're going to approach the angel and how they're going to take it down. And it's like the whole human ingenuity, like planning on it in a boardroom phase of the thing, yeah. which, you know, I, it also kind of failed for that reason, I think. And I don't want to, you know, pin it down simply to that, but, you know, Ava succeeded largely for people as a Monster of the Week movie, uh, series. And, you know, the designs of the angels were cool and, you know, seeing how they attack them in different ways and the, that whole I mean this this cool, kind of sells this kind of sells Ano short but he's essentially like the Japanese equivalent of Guillermo del Toro a little bit in terms of and he and he mm-hmm. predates Toro so that's the other thing you need to realize is like very much so Guillermo Guillermo del Toro oh my god Jesus Christ del Toro del Toro anyway is kind of the American version of Ano a little bit in terms of like in terms of monster design that's interesting thank you very much yeah 
Um, I've always made it, especially between the two. I feel like, and I feel like in terms of like the good kind of like the really good monster design guys really affect each other. Like, especially in stuff like uh, Berserk and you in between like in like the Dark Souls creator, which is Miyazaki, which is again, not, um, not actual Miyazaki, but the creator of Dark Souls is also named Miyazaki spelled the exact same way. So it's oh, kind of confusing. Okay. I was like, no, <laughs> no. Very different. But yeah, very Guillermo different Toro series. actually did a kaiju movie, which is the lineage that Godzilla comes from Japanese monster kaiju uh, movies and um, I don't know Hideki Anno's angels though like in Ava are like all these abstractions kind of like the, the whole idea is they come, they're like the alternate life form other than humans that come from this like alternate well, that, sort of that's you know. kind of my issue with the Godzilla design is that he's tried to abstract Godzilla in a different exactly, sort of way exactly it doesn't work like you compare it, this to the American yeah. one we've been working on or, or, uh, yeah it's a giant about. fucking lizard and this is this is something much more deeper and like I think this is the thing is especially that ending which we'll get to and talk about where mm-hmm. clearly like Godzilla's tail is breaking apart and there's clearly evidence of other creatures so living in, yeah, other types of creatures living in, and it's it's more like you know Godzilla is some sort of communist creature. I don't know, like Kung, like uh, what is it, like a collective creature built up of like other. He's like souls the harbinger of, of a new like uh, species, and like exactly, yeah. Where it's like instead of just being a giant fucking lizard, like most interpretations, mm-hmm. he has no personality in this movie. It's like with the the beady eyes in particular, you know, like he starts out with the fish eyes, and then he evolves, and his eyes get really beady. And you, but they're they're so dead inside, and there's you know compare that to you know like the 1984 version 1985 version I grew up on not the original but the one I grew up on where he has like kind of anime eyes like very cartoonish relatable or the American one the best thing about the Brian Cranston I'm going to call it the Brian Cranston one even though he was barely in it Um, (laughs) (laughs) American movie that just came out a few years before this one and largely motivated Toho it kind of speculated to to well they they freaked out when they realized that hey this property like you know we could be releasing Godzilla movies and people are gonna go fucking see them right Godzilla from the American perspective the most satisfying satisfying part of that movie is when he shows up and he's just kind of like this old crotchety monster who's like all right I gotta kill this thing like he's just uh, he has so much personality in that <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah, I know it's funny too because like especially the actors in the suits and I think they just went in an entirely different direction and and removed kind of that element from him purposefully for the purpose of their story mm-hmm. and for the purpose of the story that they're telling. But I think that's the thing is that he doesn't he he has respect for the original Godzilla and that's the thing is that he we have a real I think that's the thing and and I'm happy and upset about it at the same time we have a real storyteller actually trying to make real meaning out of Godzilla and it works and yeah. it doesn't work at the same time right. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't work and that's the thing is you'll read things from the original Godzilla movies like why did he make his skin look like that well he studied people that have been burned by nuclear radiation and that's why Godzilla's skin looks the way it does mm-hmm yeah. It's like you can read all these things and realize like how much of an allegory the original movie was and how much it was for science and the scientist that actually goes and drowns himself. Because like, that's the thing. is like, you know, the scientist that kills Godzilla in the original movie, like, kills himself so that <laughs> the technology he used to kill Godzilla can't be used against other people. And it's like a huge metaphor for nuclear radiation and all these other things. I mean, I, yeah. I definitely think that original movie comes down so much harder on nuclear radiation because even I feel like they're softening up on it in this one. <laughs> exactly. And before we move on to the politics, just while we're on the subject of Anno, we should, I, I also want to talk about like the technology aspect of it. Like the whole, you know, band of misfits coming together to actually study Godzilla's physiology and figure out like some countermeasure to like cool him down, like as a nuclear reactor 
is very much um, like the first rebuild movie of Evangelion, where it's all about, you know, the people of Japan coming together, pulling their resources, and like believing in the power of science to solve their problems kind of thing, which yeah. kind of plays back into the nuclear energy thing, too, where like nuclear energy is, is just very much a kind of stopgap measure for Japan. Like in their, I, I mean, I don't know, you could kind of argue in terms of how much they rebuilt their economy after World War II and how quickly they were able to do it. It's kind of like this irresistible, you know, like point of standing in having an economy that productive, you know? I, I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, that's getting like way, yeah, way serious. I, yeah, I, I mean. Like, like you were talking about softening up on nuclear energy. Like the context of this movie, it's, it's really weird. Like you can't really tell. All right, so with the bureaucrats, the way it sees bureaucrats is very lampooning and satiric at first, where you see like the inability of anyone to act and everyone's passing the buck around. Nobody wants to make a decision is supposedly critical of the Japanese government's handling of Fukushima, right? But at the same time, it was more or less a lack of regulation that led to the Fukushima disaster in the first place. So that's a really well, weird message in this movie for me. I, I disagree. I mean, I, I think the whole thing ties into just, like, the Japanese government's, like, talking about, like, the tidal wave in, in a lot of different things that are happening during that bit. I think, like, for me, like, you know, it, this, it was a combination of things. It was definitely looking at the government, but it, it ties back around, like, he's still doing the, his Evangelion thing. Like, clearly Hideki Anno has an obsession with how human beings relate to other human beings. And that was, and that was kind of a thing in here, because, like, at the end, and we'll get into this thing, it's like, there's a kind of a big metaphor, you know, is I, I, Godzilla is either a well of lost souls, essentially, or a well of, like, or was attempting to evolve into a committee to defeat a committee <laughs> which is a lot there's a lot of theories i don't know i don't i feel like it's one of those open-ended ones on purpose so it's kind of like evangelion like that it's super open-ended for your interpretation mm-hmm. yeah but but still at the same time like you know oh my god i i think that's the issue is like is it's very hard for an American audience to get a grips to what the fuck is actually going on from that. But for me, it definitely like the first half hour is like tearing the Japanese government, a new asshole over Fukushima. I agree with that. Right. Right. But I think they're correct. And I think that they make a lot of good points about like how, you know, you get how like the councils and how they, how they do things so officially and how they have to move from one meeting to another meeting in different boardrooms and they don't all just sit down and fucking do something. Yeah. And the other weird thing is kind of the guy at the end kind of accepting that process to help him get through it. Yeah, talk more about that. Because, like, it is weird you brought up how the hero of this movie is essentially a, a politician. Yeah. Like, he, he's essentially a bureaucrat. And, and that's the thing is, like, you, you, you have all these shots of Godzilla, and it's just them dealing with it. And it's just boardrooms. And there's such a vast array of characters that come on and have such weird personalities. And I think that's something that's like some of the characters like are culturally lost to me. Like the girl who just goes in there and is like right about all like the biological elements about Godzilla, but just kind of deadpans everything. And then you're just like, there's a lot of characterization. There's a guy that just has a pink towel around his neck the whole time. And that's how you know. It's yeah, exactly. Or like the American ambassador, which is another weird thing. We need to get to like their interpretation of America because that's a whole. And for me personally, that was like a whole, that was the most fascinating thing is watching them, not wrongfully interpret us, but like interpret us in such a weird way. Mm-hmm. And I, and I also weirdly enjoyed their faith in our uh, democracy because they were like, yeah, this Japanese girl could be the American president. I was like, no, we're a little too racist <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I don't, I'm yeah. not that I wouldn't vote for her, but like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of a pipe dream kind of. Mm-hmm. 
No, I agree. I think well, it's especially. I think it, I think it recognizes kind of like the like the better. I don't know. We'll 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 get to their interpretation of of us in a bit. But let's first talk about like kind of coming back around to like. Oh, what was I even saying, Trevor? I'm just I'm just um, thinking about the the races and that. But we we were we were talking about the government. Oh yeah yeah. And, uh, so again, the, the the key element here is that you clearly have an individual coming in who is just a career politician, which is I think the only movie I've ever seen where a and it's it's not so much that like I mean there's other movies where politicians are the hero, but it's never his politicianness that is cited as the kind of the theme that is making him able to stop the monster or villain in this case. Like it's his ability to negotiate and like see exactly. all, the, all the players on the board and how to actually yeah exactly you know they nearly get another nuke dropped on them and that's just politics like a lot right. of this movie is just appeasement and politics right. and like how do we get the UN to wait another two weeks and like like that kind of thing which is really weird that the UN has like that specific countdown and and it's definitely some of it is like devices and I'm just like I mean I don't oh, yeah. know how like world politics clock, sure yeah yeah I mean they literally create a ticking clock out of like a political moon and i'm like uh yeah i don't i don't think i don't think they wouldn't try to evacuate this i don't know it's, I mean, sound, I, it's so ava to do that though it's so ava to do that i just yeah it is it's so him no it's him and he he really loves the ticking clock things and i think there's so much here the other well, thing it I sets up that line whenever that inevitably comes up in godzilla movies that hideki Anno really loves like oh the real monster is man like <laughs> yeah and how like Which governments is, interact with each other and Screw each other over. Yeah. Oh exactly. God, that's what the tail thing at the end means. What, dude? What? Why? What about the tail? Like the what? the monster is becoming man because man is the real monster. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. That uh, last. I got. I gotta say that last shot is one of my favorite parts of the movie, and it's not. Oh no. It means anything necessarily. It's just so chilling that you pan right back yeah. to that and it like, goes yeah. up, and it's totally silent. You just see like these things like clawing their way towards like out of Godzilla's tail to like becoming. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I missed that. It was like asexual reproduction or something. It, it, I just saw the honestly, tail. I didn't see anything moving on it. Well, it wasn't Sarah? moving. They were just like these frozen forms oh. of like humanoid, like alien looking things. That. Oh, man. Sarah, that, that one shot, I'm going to send it to you right now because that one okay. shot probably brought the whole movie up three points in my estimation. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, it, but that's, that's the thing is that monster... Frozen was more scary than anything that Godzilla actually did in the movie. Which I think is like. the I think is also the big criticism recognizing that is like you know I think the nice thing about this movie is it's not afraid as other Godzilla movies have to like really dig into the imagery and the meaning of this movie, which is great. I love that, but like it's still like it's still it was fun to see like the awesome destructiveness and everything like he torched three districts at least of tokyo right when they oh yeah him off, and, and when he, he killed just, the like... prime minister spoilers um and you know he killed the prime minister with like this breath like the whole breath scene which is really just code for oh, like dude. nuclear weapons yeah right and that's fucking chilling yeah yeah which I, uh, is just the last it... shot of the movie no explanation I yeah. love that. I mean, and that's the other thing is like, this is the thing we have like a really good director here. And I think that's the, con- the, the composition issue is that he's not really a great film director. And this is the thing is that it's so culturally separate. I don't know if this is a, like people clearly have gone to see this movie in Japan, but I don't know how good it is because like, you know, for instance, it's the cinematography is so anime in just such a terrible way. Like, you know, the opening yeah. sequences when they're focused in so tight on like paper clips in a basket or some shit like that. 
<laughs> like I was just like, oh god, this There's is a lot so of anime. Cuts and, yeah, and, and close shots as well to create oh, no, a sense it was of urgency in the super, No, no, no. He, they don't like it, the style is they do no mid distance shots. They do right. long ass wide angle shots, or they do super fucking tight ass close ups where you can't see the top of the guy's head or his chin, but he's so you can you're like you know they're like you're like neck deep in his eyeballs because that's mm-hmm. just how they're supposed to be. no it's, it's it's a specific style but it's like yeah. for me it's like weird watching like anime style like specific like things i've come to use i've come to be associated with anime and watching it thrust into like essentially that kind of mindset in like a movie and like mm-hmm. even though i recognized it i was just kind of like oh god this is, this is terrible yeah. Which is weird, which brings up a bigger, uh, you know, I think this movie brings up a lot of questions internally for me. And one of the things is like, you know, <laughs> do I have a different set of rules for anime than I do for movies? And I think the answer is yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Very distinctly. <laughs> well, just in terms of like artifice and like what you admire as far as composition and like. Yeah. Shot yeah. Because I admire, I admire Hideki Anno's um, composition in Evangelion. Um, I think it is probably, I think it's probably up there and like, it's, it's up there with citizen fucking Kane in terms right. of like shot composition. No, but you, seriously, there's thousands of videos, go online, look up videos yeah. on like talking about like the meaning behind his shot composition in Evangelion. It's up there with actual depth and scope. And that's the thing is like, this guy's a master, but watching him translated to film, I was just kind of like, Oh God, this is awful. And I just think yeah. it's just like I mean he's making bureaucrats this and he not and he's not working. The other thing is just like the whole movie's like lack of lighting and like the poor set design, and and, and that's just like Japanese style cinema right now. But damn, that CG is bad. Like I mean, and that's and it's, I mean I think it's a fair criticism because it takes you out of it. Like moments mm-hmm. when you're just like you know like there's no. You know, the main character is not lit in any sort of attractive way. These boardrooms are not lit in any sort of attractive way. They're boardrooms, and it feels like it's just... It feels very gritty and, like... Uh, Real. Government I mean, issue. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's which effective I think is, for me. Which I think that's the thing. It's effective. It's a style. I just, like... I just, like... I, it really was distracting from the piece. It made it feel so cheap. And I think that's no, my I problem. I like that. I think uh, I didn't have any problem with, like... The, the set design it was the cg like you're saying of godzilla himself that really took me out of it just i don't know and i could accept it up to a certain point it is fun to see like the bullets just bouncing off him when they roll out the uh, defense force and the tanks and everything but yeah just i don't know yeah it's just yeah so the other thing that people wanted to point out about the tail skeleton was the other thing was that clearly in some of the shots it's a whale skeleton in the tail Huh. Well, yeah, Godzilla's name derives from whale and, uh, what is it, lizard? Yeah, which is one of those things. I mean, of most people, like, people are, like, trying to figure out, like, what's the meaning of the thing at the end? Was it evolving or is it just, like, humans that died and the thing and, like, were, like, absorbed by Godzilla or something like that? Which is also equally horrifying. Um, but I think he's asexually reproducing. That's my theory. I, I do, too, and I think it's more meaningful if he's asexually reproducing into some sort of, like colony of humans mm-hmm. by like i don't know i think it's i think it's like overarchingly cool um but I, I think the the bigger thing for me is like you know if he is producing but if he is all this stuff like you know i think like anno is the type of director that would let like he doesn't want it, it's it's not important what it is it has all these meanings but it could be all of those things does that make sense mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, especially if he doesn't have to slash get to make a sequel. 
Exactly. I feel like this is why it's the most successful bit is because he doesn't have to. <clears throat> yeah. That or it's just another head because clearly he shoots a secondary laser beam out that thing's mouth. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was cool. The lasers <laughs> from the tail and the. Uh, yeah. And when the, they like totally the failed to kill him. And just the back. Like, like, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He takes out the American bombers with that shit. And yeah. They're it, not expecting it. Yeah, it was actually kind of cool. And I love how, like, the terrible American-Japanese dialogue from the bombers, time to get revenge! Right. <laughs> like, time for payback. Time for payback. And he just says it, like, so monotone. <laughs> it's like somebody gave him the words that he doesn't really understand the inflection or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Though that was, was also distracting. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was, it was, and I, I really appreciate some overacting in like Japanese translated films, but like, damn, the American cast in that was like really weird. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like the, the just uh, the general's face you never see, the American general's face you never see. Right. Why was that? That felt like foreshadowing something. Like, he's going to show up later, but I don't was know. it just to, like so a production thing so they didn't have to with the English. I mean, I, I think get. for me, it's just, I mean, a, I think it's just, they didn't have access to Japanese actors. I mean, I, I need to check this real quick, real quick. Well, like if you office, look but... at the, um, the woman that plays the special envoy for the president of the U S right. she right. talks about like being really ex- excited to play the part, but stressing about so much English <laughs> dialogue. That she has, which, you know, I mean, she's a competent English speaker, obviously, but it's still, you know, smushed together like it's. Uh, oh, yeah. No, like she couldn't it, she so. couldn't actually effectively speak. She wasn't like, right. you know, they're it saying she's she's a natively audience, born. Certainly. She's na- she's natively born in the USA and speaks English, no but way. doesn't yeah. re- <laughs> exactly like she's there's no way she's a native U.S. English speaker. And I, that was just kind of one of those things. I mean, that's you think fine. that's another thing with like the budget of this movie that in the CGI as far as getting like those actors. Dude, I like mean, think choice. about think about the locations in the CGI. They did a bunch of crowd shots, and then they have like three locations, and then they just have groups of people in suits, and then just some terrible CGI. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this was a blockbuster movie made on an anime's budget, essentially. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking here. I mean, oh Jesus! All right, so we don't know what the production budget is. Uh, the domestic total for Shin Godzilla, which I guess is U.S. domestic total, would be one million dollars. Uh, no, it's oh, almost wow. two, one million eight hundred ninety thousand. Is that pretty good for being in theaters for four days? Or I was about to say because opening weekend is four hundred fifty-eight thousand. I don't understand what that means. Man, that it was like a nerd conference. Sarah, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, was it, playing oh, no, Pokemon yeah. Go, and someone set up a lure, and like you saw people playing it right outside the theater, and she caught a Charizard that she named Godzilla. Oh, no. It was great. I, I go, named it Gojira. <laughs> like, actually. oh right, yeah. no, pretty all caps, Gojira. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of the Charizard that I caught right after Shin Godzilla. It was funny. I I go to a local comic shop here called Atomic Comics, and it was pretty much the whole audience was like the regulars at Atomic Comics. That was like it. <laughs> that was like, and I was like, oh, it's me and all the other scruffy nerds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lots of neck beards in here. Yeah, I, I'm not even like judgmental of it, just saying like, you know, it's yeah. factual about our audience. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Capcom t-shirts. I went home and shaved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean... I don't know in, in some sense what else is left to say about this movie. We're still going to talk about the treatment of America and how, how like, amb- ambivalent 
it is. Well, I, I don't know. It's pretty ruthless. I mean, yeah, uh, they're it's complaining ruthless. about Americans much. No, no, no. They're, they're complaining about the situation that Japan finds itself and they because they feel like they're still being controlled to some extent by America. But they're mm-hmm. also imbuing a lot of internal culture from America. So it's like we're like this right. hated trading partner. And that's we're kind of this forced trading partner. And we're kind of high handed about it. And we still are kind of high handed from a yeah. international standpoint. So it's like a, it's really become this hate love relationship where they love parts of our culture. But it's like this kind of this thing. And so it's weird. And they definitely don't have and I think that's the good thing is they kind of separate it out and they say the American government and I think that's the thing that they're saying right here well which is interesting because so the plot point of a foreign power dropping a nuclear weapon on Godzilla in Japan has been used before it was also a major plot point in the 1985 version that I grew up with as a child Um, and in that movie it's the Soviet Russians that want to drop a bomb on Godzilla and the United Japan enlists the U.S.'s help to intercept Russia's nuclear weapon in like outer space before it falls onto dude, Japan. Dude, and this is 1985. This is communism, right? Like, but com- it was still a Japanese realize, movie. I mean, it yeah. is, but you still have to realize like Japan is right there with China and Russia. It must have felt at the time like they like Japan definitely felt the pressure of yeah. communism. It's right. not really as hardcore admitted to in their culture, but clearly they were still like, yeah, the only people who are going to stop us from getting murdered by the Chinese is America. Right. It's which is kind of what which yeah. is kind of essentially what repaired our relationships after we dropped fucking atomic bombs on them. Yeah. Because there's there is that distinct cultural shift, and from them from like you know wanting to kill all America. Well, no, I don't think they ever wanted to kill America. I think that's a well, weird. no. I mean that started with the rebuilding after the war. Right, we the were re- already helping them build nuclear reactors right after that. General right. Electric sold them their first light water reactor. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't say we're good for this. <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah, just, no, no, it's uh, it's just I mean the cultural exchange and whatnot was started right after. Well, it's also, it's just very important for both, and I think that they have, and it's taken a while for them to happen and to admit to, but they have a massive cultural penetration here now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To my mind. I In mean, we're, we're, we are literally going to record an anime podcast about, and literally, and admittedly to each of us, we admit that anime is only something that can be made in Japan effectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, we Man, include let's, let's other... Not in, let's not get into whether The Last Airbender is anime or not. <laughs> well, it is isn't. anime. It isn't. I mean, it's from the strictest yeah. definition of what we say, it's not anime. Yeah. It is an anime-style film. That's different. You know what it is? It's like, mm-hmm. what is Scotch yeah. only from Scotland? Yes, but, you know, this is a Scotch-style whiskey, which is the same damn thing. Yeah. I don't think it's that difficult. I really, I really don't think it. And I don't think it says anything bad about the last end of Airbender to not call it anime. Anime is a Japanese word, and this is Japanese animation production. So there you go. It's, it, yeah. That's just what it is. Right. Sorry, I don't. Need to <laughs> no, I, just, yeah. I really feel like we should have had this conversation on Animania instead of on the Movie Gang podcast. No, it's okay. It's we're taking over the Movie Gang podcast for this episode. It's okay. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, overall, I think I still think I like this film. I mean, but I think the one thing is that it's definitely it's still coming back around to the whole idea of kind of American imperialism and kind of like, I think that they're, I think that in the modern society in this, especially represented in this modern Godzilla, it feels, um, America definitely feels like an antagonistic force as mm-hmm. opposed to the rest of the world. And I think it's really, they're focusing on the relationship, but they're also focusing about how they use like the French, like, you know, they, like, cause they come back around in the end with the main character, like he embraces 
the elements of the bureaucracy that were so terrible to begin with. And I think that's the thing is like Anno still is kind of like at the end saying, yeah, this stuff is bad, but also good depending upon the, the spirit in which it's used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas like in the beginning, it's about indecision in that and they fail and people die because of it. But in the end, like, you know, the spirit of that, like, you know, the, and the new prime minister being kind of like, I mean, they kind of suggest he's kind of like a, somebody from the boonies and isn't really a career politician. But, you know, when he like uses like that functionality of the prime minister is used to stop, to go through France and stop the thing, because they even have that moment where that position is like, yeah, it serves a purpose. Yeah. Like they Do you say, think that the protagonist is like straight up an analog for Prime Minister Abe right now? Because it's it, that's the thing is it felt very pro the Abe administration to me, which was just kind of odd to see Hideki Anno making that statement. Just oh, in terms of like I did not Abe get that. is like All right, well, Abe hey, is like re- that, reactivated the self defense force take, and everything. Yeah, take it, a step so. back and and kind of explain that a little bit, Trevor, for our viewer. Well, like. The reason, part of the reason Abe is controversial is so who is Abe? Trevor, Trevor, oh, you're, you're, the current the current prime minister of Japan elected in a general election in 2012, shortly after right. the Fukushima disaster. Um, right. The Fukushima disaster started a lot of protests um, in Japan, especially among the youth, students, that generation, um, against nuclear power and against the, especially against the reactivation of the Japan Self Defense Force to actually make them more effectively a military body that could actually be used in combat situations, which is a big, big plot point of this movie. It's like, oh my God, we're gonna mobilize the self-defense force. This has never been done before. This is so scary. I don't wanna do it. Mm. We should really do it though, guys. Like, so that's, and Prime Minister Abe is like, you know, for that. So that felt very pro the current administration to me, which was just, I guess, odd because he's still controversial in terms of wanting to get back to nuclear energy. But then again, like, you know, his argument is, like fossil fuels are basically more dangerous anyway. And since Japan turned off all its nuclear reactors after Fukushima happened, like massive amounts of debt have been accrued. Like the economy just isn't functioning and they've just been using coal in the meantime, which isn't healthy, like Mm. much healthier. So I don't know. It's just, it's a very strong stance for him to take just politically. I I agree with him about the political sense. I don't think they, uh, I don't think it's outright. I mean, it's, I guess you are right in terms of the timeline of the Japanese government as a reaction because he is a reactionary force to the ineffective government that handled exactly. Fukushima. Exactly, he was elected yeah, right after right. Fukushima. I don't, so I don't think it's that simple. I don't think yeah, it's I that know. simple. I and I do not, I do not claim to be an expert in Japanese politics. This is just because I even think they suggest what's the problem with him when he's talking to the when he's talking to the American things. Because I think they suggest like he's not a he's not a force necessarily for good. He's a force for, you know. He's just an effective individual. Does that make sense? Yeah. The new uh, the, the Yeah, the protagonist. protagonist this movie? Yeah. The protagonist. And yeah. he's he's a little bit too active. He's like a he's like the he's like the Nixon of Jap- of Japan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. And it, it, I think like it's it does suggest that like you know, the government body is like an organization of people and that's our power, but at the same time we, we are slow to mobilize and can become confused because we are a group of individuals, but we are still strong together. I think, I think that's the point is like, it's like, you know, the government is inherently good, not inherently good. The government is inherently serves a good purpose, but it's just dependent upon like, uh, it's just dependent upon how it's made up to like make that happen. And so it's kind of a very simplistic point when you get down to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) It's, It's the same thing about like uniting, Japan basically to, to 
you know, do something, accomplish something together as a people, and like that kind of national pride that they haven't had for a while. Well, I don't know. Think uh, so, but anyway, we got really serious into the politics. Do we want to talk about like any of our favorite special effects, like action sequences, before we close mm-hmm. that? I really liked whenever they rammed the trains at him, and for some reason <laughs> the trains defy gravity and start crawling up Godzilla. Like, yeah, like, like it's literally like a like a rap bomb that's such an anime thing there's so many moments in this movie that i'm just like oh that's such a stupid anime thing i know right like it would make sense if it was animated but in real physics it just looks wrong yes. <laughs> like you, my you favorite thing about the even as we say that work. like the like the show rail wars has more realistic like train train mechanics than this movie and that movie and that show has the most unrealistic boob physics i've ever seen of any show like <laughs> Like a girl literally knocks herself out with her own boobs. It's great. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not great. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Just Sorry. for our viewer, Jack is speaking of a anime that fetishizes trains, more or less. Yeah, it's like there's like hot women driving trains. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not yeah. subtle. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not subtle. It sounds more subtle, but it's not subtle at all. <laughs> it sounds better than Keijo. It sounds better than Keijo. <laughs> This is not Animania. These people are not listening for this. They don't I know. know. I'm just saying. Maybe this is a good place to end the cast. <laughs> I think it is. Let's go ahead and do scores, guys. What do you give, um, Sarah? First up, what do you give Shin Godzilla or Godzilla Resurgence? <clears throat> well, um, I uh, let me start off by saying that. I think I've seen one other Godzilla movie in my whole life, and I couldn't tell you which one it was, and it was probably when I was, like, a preteen, so I, it doesn't really count. I don't remember it. Um, so there's that. Uh, I don't know nearly as much about, you know, where this movie comes from in terms of, you know, the history of Godzilla movies and the Japanese politics and so forth. Um all that being said, I um, hmm, I don't know. I guess if... you won't break our hearts if you score it low, yeah. Sarah. Jack and we're I both we're not gonna... about how much we love this movie and like how well I am. Uh, I, I mean, Trevor Trevor is the only one that's that said he loves this movie. I have a lot of issues mm. with this movie. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that straight out. I loved watching it, but I did too. Um... I did too. It's it's an experience. <laughs> I mean, I did too. It's just it was it was. It's very, very, it's very hard. different, understandably you. so, from the things that I'm used <laughs> to seeing. Um, I don't know. I guess I, um, I'll give it a six. For me, it was a lot of fun, like, as a monster movie. That is what I got yeah. out of this movie. I mean, yeah. I, you know, see and recognize all of the bureaucracy and stuff, and I realize it was important to the story, but... I went to go see this movie because I wanted to see a giant lizard destroy Tokyo. And that's what I got. <laughs> yeah. That's descriptive. So what did you give it? Sorry, I missed it. A six. Okay, got it. All righty. Sarah gives it a six. Trevor, you're up next. I think a six is pretty fair. Um, I think I'm going to go with that as well, honestly. Like, uh, as much as I enjoyed it and uh, the politics of it and just hearing... Ava music in a theater and watching the Ava titles cool. in, in cool. 
I haven't watched Evangelion either, so maybe I would feel differently about this movie had I seen it. Right. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Okay. No, no, you wouldn't. That's the thing. <laughs> is, yeah, uh, Trevor and me are going to pretty strongly agree with your score, to be yeah. honest. Right. Jack, Jack and I have both watched the uh, third Evangelion rebuild movie, so uh, that, yeah. that point is pretty null at this point. I think so. I think that's the other thing is, like, for me a little bit, this ties in with kind of Hideki Anno's fall from grace with the Evangelion series. It's our disillusionment. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing is we love the original Evangelion. We love End of Evangelion. We want the first two Evangelion rebuilds, and then the third one just goes off the goddamn rails. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's just I don't know if it, I don't know if it's going to tie back together with him. I hope it does, but I do feel like this is kind of this feels like a continuation of Anno off the rails a little bit. Just unfettered, like George Lucas. No one's monitoring him anymore because he's made so much goddamn money. <sighs> I want to say that. I mean, some of it's like that's a bad comparison. Feels, Not it, every artist who like has a no, flop is I, George I, Lucas. This is very different. This is very, very different because it feels like he's indulging, but like gone off in a weird direction. And some of it's yeah. some of it's very distinction. Like he's it's almost to some extent he's in love with his own creation too. Yeah. Like I mean, because like he's and so is everybody else. So they're letting him get away with it. Well, no, I think there's a thing too. Is like you talk about Asna, which is again the one of the main characters Asuka. in the Evangelion show. You know, Asna. Um, you know, oh God, the the, the girl in the red, the German. Suit. Yeah, 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 the German one. Yeah, and and she's like she was a criticism. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, Ray, Ray Ayanami. She's a criticism of traditional like male views of Japanese femininity is like to some right. extent, but yeah. because she was so popular in the anime, all other anime started making her as a stock character called a dare character, like or uh, not a, not a like a, a dandere, which is kind of like an emotionless woman. It's and it's kind of like it's kind of like terrifying that like his criticism became a cookie cutter cutout for the rest of the industry. <laughs> but that's the thing is too is like now he uses that character and it doesn't feel. It feels like, again, another anime's cookie-cutter use of his original thing that became that. Mm-hmm. Like his own yeah. industry and the industry that he's helped build is affecting him in some sort. I don't know. Well, that's a, We've that's been a bringing this up a lot on in, in Movie Gang because it's just so effective of an illustration of how like the, the deconstruction of the thing can end up perpetuating the thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's very important um, because I think that's kind of happening right now because we're all become we're all in love w- with kind of the past and like the things and how we remember things. And you know, as we bring up Star Wars and are kind of destroying our past, <laughs> I slowly destroy. As we remake. Them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of one of the things. It's kind of like I take a very negative view of it, and that yeah. you know we're not we're not we're we're in love. How the fuck? I don't know why we're in love with this thing to such an extent that we're slowly, we're in love with nostalgia. Exactly. I mean, it's just nostalgia, and it's just us like slowly destroying kind of everything in, in search of that nostalgic vibe. I don't know. Yeah, it's, maybe you do need to rate this movie high, Jack, because it seems to have spun us off into like a really serious no, nihilistic that's, like, take no. on civilization as we well, know exactly. it. Exactly. No, like, I think that's exactly a, what this is. It's, it's a nostalgia. It's, it's just, it is a guy who is super nostalgic about the original Godzilla and tied in a lot of meaning, but it's still because in that same vein has those issues with nostalgia and it, it suffers for it. I think that's the mm-hmm. issue is that even the core, even outside of the fact that this is a movie about bureaucrats and is boring to that extent, which is the main criticism and is kind of boring because yeah. there's so many fucking meetings. And at the same point, he's just, he like stuck to his guns about it. It's also um, very anticlimactic. Oh God. Yes. It's just, they, they like yes. kill Godzilla with fire hoses. Like fuck. <laughs> they <laughs> tip understand. him over and then pour a solution in his mouth. Him coolant basically. Yeah. And then he's and just standing there like a dead 
monument in Tokyo, and you're like, okay, so you're just going to rebuild the city around him? What's going to happen? Notice- like, no one even discusses what they're going to do next with that. <laughs> Did you notice, too, how the people that actually killed him in the end were like the construction workers and like it was the trains that were used as bombs. It was all things that were not military. Oh yeah. It was the infrastructure of Tokyo and Japan that like ended up killing Godzilla. Right. That's why the showdown is at the recently renovated Tokyo station. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Mundo. Which is why I think, like, you know, they're talking about activating the self defense force. I don't think Anna was positive about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I got a sense that, like, this was like, we can deal with this in our own terms and, and still strike and use politics yeah, to not right, force combat and, and finding your own place in the world. I think that was what Anno's bit was going on there. Okay. Yeah. Because you're right. You, the self defense force is shortly shown to be. Like, not nearly... Entirely ineffective. <laughs> and I think that's his point, is too, is, like, what do you do in the face of this? Like, you know, I think that Anno's point is, like... And it's kind of a very nihilistic point. It's, like, you know, let's say that, you, that Japan does build a self-defense force. They're not... They're still going to get eaten alive by, like, the massive military structures of, like, the United States and Russia that have been built over the last, you know, 20, 30 years when they were not building up military resources. Right. Like, uh, it'll never be competitive. Exactly. They're not. It's. It would be insane for them to go on a national structure because they don't have the infrastructure to build up military resources to compete with the global superpowers at this point. Which I think is the. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and I'm not. I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm just saying like, like his point is, it's kind of absurd that we would create a military to fix the issue. We need to work through other methods, which again, political politics and bureaucrat bureaucracies. Yeah, and science and innovation and engineering, which you know, Japan is very good at, <laughs> and backdoor dealing because everyone loves Aramaki. God, this reference, this reference-based podcast is—it's really pretty brutal. <laughs> Score it, Jax. We can get it over with. Okay, sorry. I give it a six. All right. I, and I'm not even—I'm not even not making it easy on purpose. I honestly thought a six before these other guys came in here, and I, I stand by that. I want people to go see this. I am not going to blame anyone for not liking it. And I, that's the other thing is like I think it's fascinating to go see. I really enjoyed it on a sort of bad level because it, it brought up all these contexts and all these conversations. It is a fascinating movie. It is yes. not by any stretch of the imagination good. <laughs> not by any stretch. Like there is nothing, there is no way to convince your, convince myself that it is it is a good movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's move on for this week. We're going to be taking a look. Next week, we're going to be doing a bet. I fucked up the bet last week, so that's two weeks ago. That's why we had an evergreen episode. So, unfortunately, we will not be able to take a look at that. Or That's just one that's canceled. Apologies for that, guys. I know that you guys are really interested in knowing what the bet for that was, but uh, I'm too Man, lazy I really to find out. I feel like I won something tonight. I'm so disappointed. I hate you. <laughs> you realize I'm being sarcastic, right? It's okay. I actually love him. He's he's a super nice guy. He's he's pretty good. He's pretty. Now good. it feels like you're being sarcastic, Shane. I'm not being sarcastic. I love you. All right. Well, we should just we okay. should get off of this. It's actually it's actually okay. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Make it. All right. God damn it. I, I, it's really painful. This this one this this cast is a little bit painful. I'm sorry. <laughs> We we kind of ran out of things to say about Shin Godzilla, but we had a lot of feelings. <laughs> it was less about the movie, and we sounded so positive about it for all of it. And then it's like, actually, this is a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> the Movie Gang Podcast gives Shin Godzilla, Godzilla Resurgence a 6 out of 10. It is a little better than half good. 
Yes. Definitely above average, <laughs> but not by much. Not not by anything in my mind. <laughs> All right, guys. For the bet next week, we will actually be doing a bet this week. What will the opening weekend, the domestic opening weekend for Doctor Strange be? Ooh. In U.S. dollars. And currently, Doctor Strange has made $86 million worldwide. Already? Well, it's opened up worldwide. It's not, on, um, it's not opened in um, American theaters yet. It seriously released worldwide before it released here? Yeah. Why? Because that's the way things are going. Because the worldwide market is vastly becoming more important than the domestic market. More important, yeah. It's becoming, it's becoming that like much, that. I yeah. didn't realize it's gotten that obvious. That's awful. Well, it's also, it's also cool because like, you can totally find streams of it online like on YouTube right now. Because it's open worldwide already. All right. First up, Sarah. What do you think the bet? What, how much do you think it'll make its opening weekend? Okay, um, Trevor's is in. Trevor said, "All right, Sarah, you both bet." She centers. Yes. Okay, so cool. Y'all made the same bet. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Y'all both bet 120 million. So I am going to bet 121 million. What an asshole. <laughs> Should one of us change our bets? Or? No, I'm joking. Nope, I, I was actually, I did actually say, honestly, 100, 140 million. So that was my actual bet. Okay. I mean, you can not believe me if you want, but I did think it was pretty fucking high. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a Marvel it's the, movie. What, what is it? The third wave? Yeah. No. Is this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's phase it's, three or phase four? Is this phase three? Phase fuck, three right? fuck if I know, Trevor. I have to look it up. <laughs> the expert, Jesus. <laughs> For the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Sarah Becker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Trevor Flynn. Bye, everybody. And I'm your host, Jack Newman. If you enjoyed this, head on over to TuscanShed.com. That's the Tuscan Shed Media Network. Go type that in on Google. You should be able to find our stuff. Head on over to our website where you can take a look at our other podcasts, including Animania. Again, we just took over. This is essentially the cast of Animania that just took over the Movie Gang podcast for this week, so we hope you enjoyed it. But if you want to hear more of this particular group talking about anime and Hideki Anno, you can head on over to Animania. Catch it on your uh, local pod. I don't know why it's a local podcatcher, but it is a podcatcher. It's probably on your Android or iPhone device, and you can use it to pick up our podcast and listen. We really appreciate it. You guys can go interact with us there. You can also head on over and listen to Geek Space Nine. That's Sarah, Ben, and Peter are going to be doing their uh, watch of the deep space nine series and other trek lore uh theories it's a really great podcast you can also head over and listen to save point gamecast which is our gaming podcast and coming up this year we'll be doing again uh, a feast for bros which is our game of thrones watch along podcast featuring sean solis and the majority of the people here i think and some other some other people as well so, and you can also head on over to Tuscan Shed uh, backslash blog, and you can look at several of our articles that we've written about uh, several uh, different things. So I think Trevor's written two articles now. One about Pokemon Uranium. He did a review of that, and, and more, honestly, it's not really a review. It's more of a, a, a insanely deep comprehensive analysis. history. That a comprehensive is very history. relevant to this movie. Yeah, it's actually, exactly, because it's, uh, it's about the nuclear proliferation in Japan, and uh, it's, it's actually, it's actually would be a really good primer for this movie as well. I feel like you watch this movie and really 
really had to wanted to talk about Shin Godzilla more than you actually wanted to talk about Pokemon Uranium when you wrote that article. Mm-hmm, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. <laughs> you can also listen to other things. He has things to say about uh, Kubo and the Two Strings where he talks about American appropriation of uh, Japanese traditions and uh, after that movie from, the Leica, from Studio Leica. So go check out those articles and head on over to Tuscan Shed Media Network at TuscanShed.com. Thanks for listening, guys.